This program deals with themes of an adult nature and is intended for a mature audience. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. Our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat from outside of this world. We must guard against the military-industrial complex. Exopolitics, paranormal phenomena, and deep analysis of current world events. From somewhere in the desert, between Area 51 and Roswell, blasting across the planet, the Manticore Network proudly presents Mary House, because the truth will set you free. Headline edition, July 8, 1947. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. I'm as bad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! The power they took from the people will return to the people. And so long as men die, liberty will never perish. Soldiers, don't fight for slavery, fight for liberty! The only thing we have to fear is fear itself! Sooner or later, though. You always have to wake up. Be skeptical, but don't close your mind. Greetings to everyone around the world, and a warm welcome to another edition of Veritas, alternative media for discerning minds. I'm your host, Mel Fabregas, and I sincerely thank you for joining me once again. And if this is your first time, make yourself at home. I want to thank all our members for your loyalty and support. Tonight's special guest is Linda Moulton Howe, an Emmy Award-winning TV producer, investigative reporter, and author who goes directly to the men and women at the forefront of science and environmental challenges and to first-hand eyewitnesses of high strangeness. I have been trying to interview Linda for years, so this will be a real treat for all of us. We'll discuss many topics, including cattle mutilations, chemtrails, the Fukushima radioactive nuclear plant, what is still happening in the Gulf of Mexico area, and much more of what's relevant. Linda Moulton Howe will be with us shortly. To listen to tonight's full show, become a member. You'll receive instant access to all our material. And remember, Veritas survives on your voluntary subscriptions only. No sponsorship means no censorship. For just $7.95 per month, 
you'll be able to download or stream over 130 shows, all in CD audio quality, Veritas TV, and our very unique Manticore forum, where you can interact with enlightened people around the world to discuss everything that matters. Just go to the subscribe link of our website, VeritasShow.com, and take Veritas with you. You can also download our latest show via iTunes. During these days of uncertainty, the uncensored truth is priceless. Why continue waiting? Subscribe today. You can also purchase our futuristic 8-gigabyte metal case USB drive with seasons 1 or 2 with bonus material. So if you're missing some hard disk space or your internet connection is slow, then that's the best choice for you. Go to the Veritas store for more information. And don't forget, get your MMS right from us. It's better to have it and not need it than need it and not have it. Listen to Jim Humble's interview if you still don't know what MMS is. Go to the past shows to find that interview. And if you really want a Veritas subscription but cannot afford it, go to the free subscription link of our website and find out how to get one. And if you need to get in touch with me, click on the contact button of our website and join me on Facebook. And now, get ready to spend a night with an Emmy Award-winning TV producer, investigative reporter, and author. Who is behind the cattle mutilation mystery and why? There is evidence of the same cattle mutilations we see today going back to 1911. Could extraterrestrial beings be involved in a harvest program? Could these beings be time travelers from the distant future trying to preserve and correct their world and timeline with the genetic material from our flora and fauna? Is our president really in charge? Or does he report to a higher authority? For the answers to these and many more questions, Linda Moulton Howe is coming up next. If you want to believe, stop this audio now. If you want to know, don't go anywhere. This is Mel Fabregas, and you're listening to Veritas. Jim Sparks, and you're listening to The Veritas Show. Linda Moulton Howe 
is a graduate of Stanford University with a master's degree in communication. She has devoted her documentary film, television, radio, writing, and reporting career to productions concerning science, medicine, and the environment. Linda has received local, national, and international awards, including three regional Emmys, a National Emmy nomination, and a Station Peabody Award for medical programming. Linda's documentaries have included Poison in the Wind and A Sun-Kissed Poison, which compared smog pollution in Los Angeles and Denver. Fire in the Water, about hydrogen as an alternative energy source to fossil fuels. A Radioactive Water, about uranium contamination of public drinking water in a Denver suburb. And A Strange Harvest, which explored the worldwide animal mutilation mystery that has hunted the United States and other countries since the late 1950s and continues to date. In addition to television, Linda produces, reports, and edits the award-winning science, environment, and Earth Mysteries news website, earthfiles.com. Linda also reports for Clear Channel's premier radio networks and unknowncountry.com. And directly from Albuquerque, New Mexico, I'm so privileged to welcome for the first time on Veritas, Linda Moulton Howe. Hello, Linda. Welcome to Veritas. How are you? Well, thank you very much. Uh, the pressure of fact and truth are two uh, of the subjects in my life that I've always uh, honored the most. Thank you very much. It's my pleasure, Linda. After two years of trying, we finally have you <laughs> on. And folks, this is a very exciting opportunity for us because, as you know, I really like to leverage the time we have with a guest. And Linda, you have done so much and have investigated so many stories but first, give us some background of yourself. What was that aha moment in your life? What got you interested in this field? Well, let's see. Um, when I was three and four years old, my deep passion and interest was astronomy. And when I went to the University of Colorado for my undergraduate work, I was torn between becoming an astronomer and a writer. And I ended up getting my uh, Bachelor's of Arts cum laude in English literature and then going on to Stanford University where I uh, did work in making films for two years in a program that Stanford University in Palo Alto has called a master's degree in communications. And from there, I ended up in Los Angeles doing hard street reporting, covering everything from uh, street crimes and murders to the Academy Awards. But my heart and my soul were always with the science world that I loved the whole time I was growing up. And eventually, I was given um, an opportunity at KNBC in Los Angeles to produce a live television program that we did weekly having to do with issues concerning science, medicine, the environment, and the relationship of the big state of California in the United States to those subjects and breaking news. And then I was married at the time, and my husband uh, went to Harvard, and so I went to Boston with him, and I was hired to produce all of their medical programming and Again, more science programming, and we won a station Peabody for the work that we were doing. So when my husband left Boston and was hired uh, by a, uh, a large company that was Time Inc. at the time and became Time Warner later, 
and he was officed in Denver, Colorado, I was hired at the CBS station there to be director of special projects, again, to focus on science, environment, and medical subjects. And it was in that context, after uh, all of the education and all of the work that I had done in all of these other stations on these subjects, that in the fall, uh, well, near the fall in 1979, it would have been uh, somewhere toward August of 79, I was finishing up a documentary having nothing to do with any phenomena, but my audio guy had come off a shoot in New York City with the brand new 2020 television program that was Network. Mm-hmm. And we were having lunch, and he said, you know, Linda, you know what a stickler you are with keeping the batteries going and how we work so hard to keep everything charged because you go so long and so hard on your cameras that it was an inside joke between a crew that I loved and myself. And I said, yes. I didn't know where he was headed. And he said, well, I've just come off a shoot for ABC in New York. And it had to do with these really strange things called animal mutilations. And he said, we'd go out into the field and we'd see these bodies. There were no blood, no tracks, but they all had these same ear missing, eye missing, the uh, jaw flesh missing, the tongue the genitals and the rectum cord out, and we're supposed to film this for ABC for this new 2020 show. And he said, Linda, all of our batteries would not work. Hmm. And what do you mean your batteries would not work? He said it was a true mystery. We would charge everything just the way I charge for you. But when we'd get out in these fields where these animals were, we couldn't get cameras, we couldn't get anything to work. Well, that is what caught my attention. Because I had been since Stanford, when I graduated there in 1968 with a master's degree in communication, that my life was as a professional working in news and in documentaries. And at that time, everything we did is what is called double system 16 millimeter film with a Nagra audio uh, tape recorder that had a crystal sink. And you had to uh, sync up. Uh, the camera and the audio were always umbilical corded together. The audio guy and the camera guy were always in a ballet when you were out in the field because you could not lose sync or you would have no sync in uh, your work. Right. And therefore, batteries, <laughs> battery belts, eight, ten of them fully charged every morning to be worn around the crew was absolutely such an intimate part of everything that you did that for this first-class uh, professional that I had worked with on other projects, and now he was working on this new network project, and he's telling me they couldn't keep batteries charged. That was just like somebody hitting me in the face with a cold wash. Like, what? what how could this happen? Well, because of the phenomena of the battery failure, I said to myself, as soon as I get this current program wrapped up, I'm going to look into this. I'm going to look into these dead animals, and I'm going to talk with some scientists about why would batteries drain out uh, in wherever they are. And that's why in September of 1979, 31 years ago, I set out 
to on my first phone calls to sheriffs, to deputies, to ranchers, to fellow journalists, uh, even to the Central Intelligence Agency, I confess I was so green and innocent about what we know today is a government that has had a policy of denial, allegedly in the interest of national security for at least 60 years since World War II, to cover up all things related to non-humans, uh, to non-human technologies. And the idea, I've had people laugh in my face when I've said, yeah, one of the first places I called the Central Intelligence Agency, because, why? Because one of the rumors is that there was a paramilitary operation going on by some insubordinates in the United States and that they were doing this for uh, no one knew why. And I figured I'm going to just start calling government agencies in Washington. And it is I, I share this because it is so important to know that by 79, I had been working for 11 years in television, in the largest television, uh, I mean, KNBC and NBC in Los Angeles, where I produce my live studio programs are as big as you can get. So I started in those big demanding boxes and working and running that department at uh, CBS in Denver. I was not used to anyone ever saying to me, no. Um, I went out of school and started with all this responsibility and was producing so much television and documentary films and live studio programs that the idea had never occurred to me that I would be going into a subject in which the government of the United States would become my largest wall. And that is what happened. And as I talked to you in May of 2011, 31 years after my first steps into the high strangeness of animal mutilations around the world, it has been the United States government and its agents that have given me and so many others so many problems. And when I look back at the night, it was uh, the first broadcast was a two-hour special, and then we cut it down to 90 minutes, and it kept rebroadcasting. And in that very first month, it, it, let's see, the first broadcast was May 25th, 1980, the two-hour special. Um, for the next four weeks, it was like a bomb went off at the station. They were dragging mail bags, the huge, gigantic, gray canvas bags, chuck full of mail to my office. I was getting frustrated calls from uh, our telephone operator saying, Linda, we can't keep up with the phone calls for you. And remember, in the uh, May of 1980, there's no computers. There's no, no email. email. Right. The only thing, we're, there were no faxes, uh, at least nothing that was in our lives. It was hard mail by typewriter or ink, and it was phones. And those two just became, um, I still can remember one day at my desk in my office looking at six of these huge, gigantic canvases of mail, figuring that I must have 1,200 pieces of mail staring me in the face in these bags on the floor of my office. And that just gives you a feeling. And I began to realize as I started going through all this mail and trying to uh, respond to phone calls, 
I was getting phone calls, expensive phone calls back then from around the world, from people talking and telling me about the animals that they had found in their fields, whether it was in England or Australia or Germany or wherever they were calling me from. The letters included drawings that people would say, I saw this beam of light come down into my pasture and I saw an animal. Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section, or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today, with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it, because you don't want to believe, you want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.